They did it again. Gang Green goes in a Lambo and beats the Packers 27-10. Your Jets are on a three-game win streak. They are now four and two. Who are these guys? We'll break down the Jets' victory over the Packers. Boy, was it a dominant effort from Gang Green in this one. And I'll be joined by special guest co-host Matt O'Leary from Just Jets Pod and former Jets safety and MSG Network betting analyst Eric Coleman. It's Jake Brown, Matt O'Leary, Eric Coleman coming up on a happy Victory Monday edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. And it's presented by your Tri-State Cadillac dealers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Berrios on the reverse gets a great block. Braxton Berrios with the speed, and he is in for the touchdown. Another block point. This time the Jets have it with a chance to run in the end zone, and they're going to score. Will Parks runs it in. Well, he's got his signature win of his young head coaching career. 27 to 10, the Jets with the upset win here at Lambeau over the Packers. The Jets is coming to play. You know what I'm Period. Welcome to a happy victory Monday gangs all here podcast Four wins. The Jets are four and two. Can you believe it? A 27 10 win in Lambeau their third straight victory. These Jets are different. Jake Brown here alongside a few guest co-hosts. I'll introduce in a second. Those highlights you heard are courtesy a Fox. That's right. The New York Jets game of the week. Get used to it, baby. This team will be the game of the week for a while now until they start losing. So hope you enjoyed those highlights. And this episode of Gangs All Here is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Kaz is on the road to a hotel that's far away, and he might pass some Jets fans on the ride of the hotel. There were a lot of them at Lambeau Field. Let me welcome in my co-host, my guest co-host on this post-game victory edition by the way, I predicted 27-24, so I got the right Jets total at 27. Let me welcome in. He hosts the Just Jets podcast on YouTube. You can find him at Matt O'Leary NY on Twitter. Let's welcome in Matt O'Leary. Matt, welcome to Gangs All Year. How you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always uh, a good time to come on and talk some Jets after a win. Yeah, I mean, there haven't been a lot of them to do. But we are here and doing it for a third straight week. I mean, I can't stop saying it because it hasn't happened in the history of this show. My other co-host today is a friend of the program. He's been on before. Now he's in the co-host chair. He is all over MSG Network. You can catch him every day on betting exchange and odds with ends on MSG Network. He played four seasons with the Jets from 2004 through 2007, of course, as a safety had a great NFL career. Follow him on Twitter at Eric Coleman. Eric Coleman is in the building. He's got the backdrop. He's got the eight pack. He's got the shiny bald head. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Eric. What's going on, man? 
Hey, what's up, Jake, man? I, I'm really excited to, to talk some Jets, man. Uh, they've been playing well. The momentum is in their favor, and uh, they had a great performance yesterday. You had a couple three-game win streaks, I assume, with those Jets teams. Yeah, I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. We had it rolling a little bit. Yeah, this this team is just – they're so fun, and it's the Brees Hall show. And we talk about Zach Wilson. Can they survive with him just being a game manager? So far, so good. I mean, 10 for 18, 110 yards. Matt, he didn't do a lot today, but Brees Hall did. 20 for 116. The Jets with 179 yards on the ground to the Packers, 60. We'll talk about the special teams and the defense, but Brees Hall is looking like he could be one of the steals of Jets history in the second round, taking him. You know, everyone argues you can't take a guy at that position that high. Well, they did, and it's working highly for them. He is just special to watch from the trap run they did on the touchdown to everything he does as a receiver to a blocker. He gives this Jets team that home run hitter that Coach Salah likes to call him. Yeah, 100%. The Jets have lacked playmakers like this for a very long time, but now you get a guy like Brees Hall who just seems to be getting better week over week. I thought he was great last week against the Miami Dolphins, and he comes out against the Green Bay team that really struggles against the run, and I thought he did a good job of exploiting that. And I think, you know, LaFleur really played into into that mindset. Uh, the Packers uh, give up a lot of uh, yardage and uh, a lot of stuff on the ground, and you know, I thought both Carter and Brees Hall were really good today, and Love seeing him get over 20 carries. It probably wasn't the best Zach Wilson day, which is which is fine. You're going to get that from a young quarterback. But Brees was just phenomenal. And get, seeing him get in the end zone and go, you know, over 100 yards was was awesome. Eric Carter and Hall sounds like a great law firm. It's, it's a better running back combo. Oh, yeah. It, it's a dynamic running back combo. Uh, Brees Hall is, was physical today. You know, it seemed like every time he got the ball, it was for seven, eight, nine yards. He was doing a great job of running behind his blockers, being patient and, and hitting that hole. Uh, Michael Carter was was awesome as well. You know, out of the backfield, had a, had a catch, uh, ran the ball well when he came through. Uh, the offensive line and the defensive line of this Jets team really dominated today. This offense is fun to watch when they're clicking and they do things right. They're blocking up front. We got to show some love to an offensive line that has kind of been patched together through injuries. Dwayne Brown coming back last week, and he's been fantastic. The O-line, Matt, up front did some special things to set this run game up, and they made it easy for Zach. Listen, Zach was not good in the first half. This was a 3-3 game. This was all on the defense carrying this team. But second half, this team turned it around. They grounded and pounded down their throats, and LaFleur outcoached LaFleur. It was LaFleur and LaFleur, and one outdid the other, and they drew up some awesome plays and that old line carried the load up front they didn't make zach's life too difficult in the second half no 100 percent. i think you have to give a ton of credit to Dwayne brown who obviously missed some time at the beginning of the year but he's come in at left tackle and played really good football for this new york jets team he's a veteran who could have easily just said hey you know i'm injured and you know that's it i'm gonna call it a career but he's playing through injury right now and playing really well and AVT, who just plays all over the offensive line, now playing at right tackle and doing a really good job there. Um, you really can't ask for too much more from this offensive line. It wasn't the same line that we were expecting to see before the season started, obviously, with Fan and Makai Becton, both those guys hurt. Uh, Fan's still out right now, but you really can't ask for too much better. They were good as a run-blocking unit, and I thought they gave Zach enough to, uh, you know, to make some throws when he needed to. So I got to love what this offensive line is doing for this Jets team right now. And Eric, you know, I mean, when the offense runs the ball like they do, you get a breather on the sidelines as a defense. That defense looked like they were fresh and ready to go against 
arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport. This was the game where we were like, can they beat the team this season that has a legit quarterback? You know, I, I don't want to knock the other guys, but they they played a bunch of backups, essentially. Jacoby Brissett, you could argue the starter, but he's, you know, a back-end starter in this league. This was the game you point to, all right, we beat a Hall of Famer, and the defense looked good doing it. Yeah, I mean, it started out with the defensive line. Quentin Williams, Sheldon Rankins, uh, Curry did a great job of applying pressure. They were in the backfield uh, the whole first half. And then when you look at the secondary, they did such an amazing job. Sauce, uh, DJ Reed. I mean, they were stuck on these receivers like glue and didn't really give Aaron Rodgers any window to make those throws. Uh, so, you know, they, they, as you know, they work hand in hand. And with the pressure coming up front, with the tight coverage on the back end, it was a, a heck of a combo. Um, you know, and then, you know, at the mid-level, I have to give a shout out to, to Quincy Williams because he, I mean, I don't know how many times he had a lot of big hits and uh, big plays and he was just all over the field today. You know Quincy Williams makes his presence felt because his celebration when he levels a guy, he does that like that little thing, and that pumps me up. Yeah, I want to start doing it <laughs> at, at home. Like I was at a in Hoboken at a bar watching, and I just wanted to do the celebration with him. And like you said, Quentin Williams, you know, we're kind of waiting for that year from Quentin where he just does everything right. He looks different this year. He looks like a, a new and improved player, Matt. And if Quinn and Williams lives up to expectations on an already good front seven, you know, talk about Quan Alexander in the addition. He's been CJ Mosley. We know is the anchor of that defense. Quincy Williams, like we just said, if Quinn could be that guy, maybe use Quincy as some motivation. Uh, this defense is going to be even scarier. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, going into this year it was such a big year for Quinnen Williams, uh, going into his fourth year in the league, obviously looking for a contract extension. And he's lived up to all the hype, you know, being taken third overall out of Alabama. There's a lot of hype around Quinnen Williams. And it's been a little up and down through his first few years in the league, but he's really come into his own. And I think a big reason for that is because of the edge presence that we're finally seeing from this New York Jets team. You know, one of the biggest critiques I think any of us have had on this Jets defense is their lack of an edge presence over the last two years. But now you're getting, you know, a mix of whether it's JFM when he's on the outside or if he moves inside. But uh, Carl Lawson's back and looks like a different player. Bryce Huff, now that he's finally activated, has been really good for this Jets team. And, you know, that frees up Quinn Williams on the inside. And again, just the dominant effort from him. You're really looking for him to take over these games. And he did just that for the New York Jets today in Lambeau and in a really tough place to play. He came out and was arguably their best player on the defensive side of the ball, which is exactly what you want when you take a guy third overall. And you really can't ask for too much more out of Quinnen. And just to add to what you said, Matt, um, you know, about Quinnen, and, I, you know, the reason I think a, a big part of why the D-line was able to be so successful is, you know, in the past, they haven't had the talent on the back end to cover and create time and to give them opportunities. But uh, Sauce Gardner, I mean, he's living up to the billing as well, uh, just locking down receivers. Uh, no, no matter who he's on, uh, no matter, uh, you know, the ranking, Sauce is competing. He's knocking down passes. He's, you know, he's limiting options. DJ Reed's doing a good job. Whiteheads all over the field. That secondary is doing a, a great job working hand-in-hand hand with that D-line and allowing them that time to get to the quarterback and make those big plays. Yeah, you're getting contributions across the board. I mean, I think we just named every player on the defense, and that shows right. you that everyone is <laughs> c contributing, and that's what factors into a 4-2, and 3-0 on the road. I mean, the road is the new Jets' home. I mean, there were 77,000 fans at Lambeau, a decent amount of Jet fans, but obviously probably 70,000-plus of them are Packer fans. We know about the environment. We know about the franchise. They're a story franchise, and they made them look like a bunch of bums out there. Ten points. 
I mean, what what's going on? I have trouble breaking it down because it does doesn't seem real. Now I picked the Jets out of my heart, but I really didn't think they were going to win this game. And they absolutely dominated this game. And yeah, they had some mistakes. There were some penalties here and there, you know, some missed tackles. But overall, it's hard to knock this performance because everything was clicking. And, you know, JFM had the big sack. This this is fun to watch. And one guy, you know, who had made a big play. Let's talk about him for a second. Michael Clemens, because he is he's a scary man. You know, you don't want to go out with him in an alleyway. He will whoop your ass. But he is that, that's the kind of player you want, Eric. Like, you know, did you have a player like that? Who's like a Michael Clemens where you like you were kind of scared of them, but you really want them on your side? Initially, like when I first got to the Jets, it was Sean Ellis, where he just like a, just this big, imposing dude that you're like, yo, I'm glad I'm on your side because if you were mad, I, I definitely want to be on the side of yours. Uh, I don't want to be your enemy. Yeah, well, Clemens, Eric, is doing it all, and he did it on special teams. Like he's not even getting a ton of playing time, but when he gets his chance – this could be another Joe. I mean, Joe Douglas is knocking out of the park with these home run hitters in the draft. He could be another big one. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's what you want to do as a young player. You're not going to just get drafted and get the reps. You know, you have to, whenever you're on the field, you have to make your name known. You have to show up on tape. And Michael Clemens is doing it in special teams uh, when called upon on defense. He's active. Uh, and that's what you have to do as a young player to earn your keep, to earn those reps. And you'll start to see him develop as a player. Matt, are you going to, Go up against uh, Clemens at any point? You want to go one-on-one with him? I No, I have no shot against Michael Clemens. I would like to stay as far away from him as humanly possible. He's just, anytime he gets an opportunity, he's done really well, whether it's on specials or his, on his limited uh, pass rush snaps. But he, I, I just love his motor. We saw it in the preseason. He was, you know, all over the field, especially against the, the Eagles in the preseason. And look, I mean, right now he's kind of just a role player, but you need those guys on your team. If you're going to be one of the better teams in the NFL, you need good depth. And right now the Jets have incredible depth on the defensive line, and he's one of those guys. And, you know, we talk about guys contributing, even Will Parks. Like, you know, Clemens only had the one tackle, but he has the punt block. Will Parks recovers it, brings it back. Each player did something that contributed to this win and is contributing to this four and two start. I mean, can you believe this, Eric? Can you believe what you're seeing? I mean, this feels like so long ago since this team has looked competent. Yeah, 2019, they went on a three-game win streak, but you didn't feel like this, like you feel with this team. Like, this feels like a different team, and maybe it's not a different regime because of the second year of this coaching staff, but it's something different in the air with this team. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a fluke at all. It feels like this was the intention the, the entire time. And going into the games, you see the confidence of the team, and it starts to make sense when you start to – you know, okay, the Jets aren't expected to be this top team, but when you look at them on paper and you look at their production and what they've done on the field and you start matching them up against these other teams, it's like, I don't really see the separation. You know, I don't see where where the Jets will have a problem with this Green Bay Packers wide receiving core, you know, or the D-line. Uh, I don't see where they have trouble with that offensive line, and they're showing it. You know, uh, Robert Salah's done a great job with his energy, you know, Jeff Ulbrich had an amazing game plan. And then Brant Boyer, he has the guys that aren't playing on defense, aren't playing on offense, out there balling on special teams. You know, I saw Ashton Davis, you know, have a big hit today. Um, well, Quinnen had the, the block field goal. And, and, you know, they were just – it's just infectious. You know, this team has completely bought in to the mentality, all gas, no breaks, and it's seeing – you're starting to see it mature and, and, and come into uh, to fruition. Matt, are you all in on the all gas, no break mantra again? Because Kaz has always says all gas, no break into the parking lot because there's no traffic getting into MetLife Stadium. October 30th might be a hell of a lot of traffic. That Jets Patriots game 
has now become a, you know, cancel your Halloween plans and get to MetLife Stadium. You know, they do these promotional videos hyping us up, and I they, they reel me in every time. And they end every video with get tickets and whatever the next home game is. Well, finally, that might work because you should be there on October 30th. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, obviously the Jets won a big game today to improve to four and two. And next week you have Denver, who's, you know, before the season started, everyone thought, okay, you know, Russell Wilson goes in there and this is a team that's going to be competing in that AFC West and looks like a team that's going to be a playoff team. But they've gotten off to a really slow start. And who knows, maybe that's a game that the Jets can win on the road. And now you're really sitting pretty going back to your home building with a winning record, potentially uh, against the New England Patriots, who you haven't beaten since 2015. Emotions are going to be extremely high. Uh, and for good reason, you know, uh, it's a very um, a much more favorable schedule, I'll say, in the second half after the bye week. And if you can, you know, stack some wins going into the bye, that's all you could really ask for. And you're right. This game against the New England Patriots at home in a couple of weeks, the fans are going to have to show out for it because it, it's going to mean something in uh, in late October here, which is rare for Jet fans. And Eric, did you beat the Patriots? Did you ever beat the Patriots? Yeah, yeah, I beat them. I'm, uh, I'm one and nine against the Pats. One and nine. That one win felt like a Super Bowl, right? Oh, it was. It was a Super Bowl. I, that's the game. I, I got an interception in that game. Uh, you know, one of my favorite games, uh, you know, at New England. And it would definitely mean something when you beat the Pats. You know, they've been kind of like that big brother of the division for so long. And you start to see them come down to earth and start to see the Jets elevate and the mindset kind of changes. So this is going to be an exciting game on the 30th. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We haven't talked a lot about Zach Wilson. You know, I'll start with you, Matt. What is your impression of him? He's 10 to 18. He avoided the turnover. He was a game manager, we could call it. He didn't have to throw it a lot. He wasn't incredible, but he, he made the right hits when he had to. You know, the Uzama finally, I said on the last show, he's going to have a big catch. He had a big catch on second and nine on a good tight end screen. You know, he hit that long ball to Corey Davis. He's always good for what seems like one of those. Garrett Wilson has quieted down just one for eight. But can they keep winning with Zach Wilson being this kind of game manager, avoiding mistakes, run the football, rely on the defense? Because I feel at some point he's going to have to make plays like he did against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, eventually, yes, you're going to have to get to that point. But, um, I, you know, for today, I, I definitely thought he was better in the second half. Uh, in the first half, I thought he really struggled and looked a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. But as the game went on, I think he got a little bit more comfortable. And, I mean, listen, their, their game plan today was to run the football. That was very obvious. And I think they did a really good job with that. But um, he, he's an extremely talented player, still a young guy. So uh, it's not quite all there yet for him. I mean, as you alluded to, eventually he's going to start needing to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, but the last two weeks, they've really relied on that on that ground and pound game, and it's been working. It's I don't know if I'm going to go back and say it's 2009, 2010 Jets level, but right now it's it's a lot of you know good defense and running the football, and and it's working right now. I'm not going to give him. Uh, you know, too much criticism uh, at the moment. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over. It's been very, very much so a game manager level. But I think we could take that at least as a step forward. Do you like what you're seeing from Zach, Eric? Yeah, I do. I do. You know, he he's shown that he can make big throws. 
but as a young player, I, I'm not really looking for a, a situation where a quarterback, you have to depend on him. You don't want Zach Wilson throwing the ball 45 times a game. Uh, you know, if you, you know, if you're doing that, your offense is failing. So uh, I think he's done, uh, he's done great with what he's been asked to do so far. And, you know, I think back to when I was a younger player, when Ben when I was playing against Ben Roethlisberger, you know, the, the whole scouting report on Roethlisberger was, all right, he's going to step back. He's going to look for his first read. If his first read isn't there, he's going to tuck it and run. And then all of a sudden the next year, you know, he starts going through his progression. He's getting to the second read and then he's getting to the third read. And now you have this hall of fame career, but you have to start somewhere. And Zach Wilson is doing a good job of not, not turning the ball over. He's making some of those big throws and eventually he'll start to see things more clearly and start making, start making more of an impact on the game. But for now I'm, I'm totally fine where he's at, especially with the dominance of the run game. Yeah. And the, you know, there's been dry spells for him. We've all had dry spells in our life, but Zach Wilson had dry spells in the first half. He had dry spells against Pittsburgh. The one time he was eight for 24, but he turned it around and his offensive coordinator has too. We got to give him credit because the second half, it seems like at halftime there's adjustments being made. Because this week, you know, this is a three-three game at the half. Could have been six-three. You miss a field goal, but you also blocked one. So three-three at the half. They turn on the Jets in the second half. Last week, nineteen-fourteen game tight. They run away with it in the second half. In Pittsburgh, they're down twenty to ten. They score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Win the game. So it seems like we're seeing adjustments made and same with the Browns are down to, we know that story two minutes. Michael Fleur is making adjustments and, you know, showing some creativity. Like we said, the trap run, that is an incredible play design. The tight end screen, you have two tight ends. We want to see more of those two tight ends. I think Michael Fleur, Matt, deserves some credit for what he's done in the second half and adjusting to what defenses are showing in the first half. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's a really big sign. I thought one of the biggest criticisms you could have of this staff last year was that they were very stubborn and kind of sticking to their ways. But this year, I think they've done a much better job of adjusting to what the opposing team's been giving them. And especially, you know, through this win streak, we've really seen them adjust both offensively and defensively. But I think it was very clear, or at least to the staff, it was very clear that it wasn't going to be Zach's best day. So they started really running the ball in the second half. And that's when you saw the big Brees Hall runs. And that's when you saw Michael Carter get involved a little bit more so you know what I you got to give both sides credit whether it be LaFleur or even Ulbrich who you know early on in this year I know a lot of fans were calling for his head but I think he did a really good job in this game as well so uh, you got to give a ton of credit for to these coordinators right now who seem like they are uh, seeing what's working and what's not and making adjustments as it goes Eric, take us inside the locker room from your days. Do, do you see the offensive coordinator sitting down with a the quarterback? They have a rough first half. Do you see major adjustments made? Did you see that not just in your Jets career, but throughout your career? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there would be times where, uh, you know, the, the coaches come in for halftime and players are meeting the coach at the door. Uh, you know, Maybe it's an offensive lineman saying, coach, we got these guys. We're dominating up front. They can't handle us. We need to run the ball. And that's when you start to see that transformation of, you know, throwing the football to starting to dominate in the run game. You might have a, a, a matchup on the outside where a receiver is like, coach, this guy can't hold me. We have to figure out a way to get me in a one-on-one -on -one situation. And it's great to see uh, LaFleur make those adjustments and, and, and see the players be receptive to it. You know, a lot of times coaches can make adjustments, but the players don't have it up here uh, to go out there and apply it out there on the field. But uh, this team has, has been doing a great job of taking the coaching. Uh, you know, the coaching staff has been doing a good job of, of understanding the strengths of the players, as Matt alluded to earlier. And uh, and you're starting to see the the, the, the confidence 
get get higher and higher, and pretty soon you're going to have a very dangerous team. You're also starting to see the receipts get to CVS levels. I mean, Coach Sal is collecting them every week. I'm probably going to be featured in one of there for something I said <laughs> bad against the Jets at some point. But, you know, as much as we hated on what he said, it looked like it worked. I don't know, Eric, if, if you could speak to this as, you know, a guy who was coached by Herm Edwards, who knows a thing about too about, you know, coaches making kind of outlandish statements and they might work. He made a statement and it's worked since then. They have looked like a different football team. There was a loss mix in there, but they still they're four and two overall. They look like a completely different team than that dreadful watch that we had in week one against the Ravens, who, by the way, lost at MetLife Stadium to the Giants who look like one of the best teams in the league right now as well. The Jets are right there as one of them at four and two They're They'd be in the playoffs if the season ended today, but you know, coach Sal deserves some credit. And like I said, you know, a thing or two about head coaches saying stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a player, you don't want your coach going out there looking like a fool, you know, you know, especially in, in New York, you know, you, your coach makes a statement and you don't want to go out there and back him up. But uh, I think as a player, also, you understand that Robert Sala is, was seeing on those games where they were coming up short that we're, we're not too far away. And to make a statement like that, where well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be cashing in these receipts. He has to be seeing something on film that is showing that, listen, if we just execute, if we everyone just stops and does their job and stops trying to be a hero and we play together as a unit, we can figure this thing out. And that's what you're seeing them do. They're, they're trusting the process. They're trusting the coaching. And, you know, we're, you know, you might have a player where I'm a, I'm a linebacker and my job is to get the hook curl and I got to play underneath this route. But I want to go make the play on this ball. But then you end up giving a bit, giving up a big play. If you just stay disciplined in your defense and listen to what the coaches are saying and play within the scheme of the defense, the big plays will come to you. And that's what you're starting to see out of this team. Everyone's trusting one another. That Everyone is taking turns making big plays. You're not just seeing one guy make a bunch of splash plays. Eric, do you recall a time where a coach said something, whether it was the Jets or elsewhere, where you were like, what are you doing, bro? Like, I don't agree with that. Do, do you ever recall a statement made after a game where you didn't agree with them? I mean, it would have to be. Uh, I mean, when you asked me that question, Jim Schwartz came to mind uh, when I played for the Lions. Uh, he was one of those guys <laughs> that at times – he was a good coach, but at times we felt like he was a little too aggressive. Like, uh, you know, when he almost got in a fight with Coach Harbaugh, uh, with the 49ers coming off the field. Uh, sometimes you look back like, you know, what is Coach doing right now? You know, he's kind of putting us out there. But um, overall, it just it comes down to the performance. You know, you have to go out there and play. You have to go out there and, and do your job. And I, I think as a unit, th- this team is doing a great job of that. As a fan, Matt, where are you on Salah from keeping receipts to now and just overall – from the fan side, where are you on Coach Sal? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was kind of critical of those initial comments because of just how, you know, poor they looked. It, it almost seemed crazy that you were, you would say something like, oh, we're keeping the receipts where, you know, it seemed like they were struggling on both sides of the ball. But, you know, you have to give him a ton of credit. You know, we talked earlier about them uh, making adjustments at halftime and like that's a really big step in development for just this coaching staff in general and you know it's obvious that players like to play for this guy Uh, he just breathe breathes energy on the sidelines and he's such an easy guy to root for Um, and for me a really big thing for him was just you know kind of really focusing in on getting and getting better at the in-game management which I think he's done a much better job in recent weeks with that so um, I think he deserves a ton of credit. Obviously, the Jets have four and two. I don't think many people expected this. So, um, you know, he's stuck to his word and, you know, good for him. It's been it's been really fun to watch this young team really, you know, come to the level that they really believe in in this New York Jets team. 
And I think us as Jets fans have always rooted for Salah to do well. We like the bald head. We like the demeanor. This head, you can literally look at yourself from his head. Just like me, look at it, cocoa butter, lathered it up. It's beautiful. You just want to shine it, you know, grant your three wishes like a genie on his head. And, you know, his fiery demeanor, we loved it. The 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 higher we loved. And last year sucked. The keeping receipt sucked. But it's still a short sample size here. We got to see this keep rolling here. Go beat I think your expectation is to beat Denver or New England. I think you'll be fine and you lose one of those, but win one of those. Beat the Patriots, preferably at home. But, man, if you beat Denver and you're 6-2 and two going to November, holy shnikes, uh, we'll be on cloud nine here in Jets Lane. You can just end the season there. Just book the trip down the Canyon of Heroes. Call it the 6-2 and two parade uh, before Thanksgiving. <laughs> but, you know, Matt, we, we've liked everything about Salah, but he brought us down. I think he's slowly starting to bring us back up where we'll be glad if he holds those receipts with me and you criticizing him on our YouTube, our podcast. I think we'll be glad to be featured in that if it means the Jets go to the playoffs. And that word, that P word, that P word is not crazy right now. It's I'm not saying it's happening, but you can at least think of, you know, not scheduling a vacation in mid-January or late January if you're a Jets fan. You can think about that road trip to where the wild card matchup could be. Again, too soon. But at least you keep it in the back of your head. So don't schedule your trips. Yeah, 100%. I mean, these going into this week, I was thinking, you know, the next three games are really big against Green Bay. Denver's really struggling. And New England at this point, like, there's no reason that you can't be competitive against New England in your home building. So obviously, you know, before the bye week, you have to end with a very tough matchup in the division against the Buffalo Bills, who they're coming off a really big win against the Kansas City Chiefs and, you know, look like the best team in football, arguably. So uh, they are, that's a really tough ask. But if you win, you know, two or three going into that game or heck who knows, maybe you win all three and then you're going in uh, into a really big matchup against the Buffalo bills at that point. But you know, you're right. I think these wins are starting to change the expectations. Uh, I've seen a lot of people, you know, before the year started, were saying that, you know, we just want to see meaningful football played in November and December and just be in these games and be competitive. But look right now, if the season ended today, they'd be in a playoff spot. And yeah, that might seem a little bit optimistic, but this, this young team, they almost like, they don't know that they're supposed to be bad. Like they don't know that it's supposed to be the same old jets that, you know, no one ever gives them a shot. And you know, they're playing above their head, and it's been a lot of fun right now. So I think you just continue to ride that wave. We asked for meaningful football, Eric, by October. I mean, forget November, December. By October, the Jets season has been over. I mean, in October, before Halloween, you're thinking about the draft. You're looking at Tankathon on Halloween. Now on Halloween, you're hopefully celebrating a Jets win over the Pats. Who's your game ball today, Eric? Give me your game ball from the Jets today. I'm a defensive guy, so I'm going to have to go with Quinnen. Uh, just because of the way he set the tone. You know, he set the tone early and often, uh, really dominating, rattling Aaron Rodgers, getting after him, blocking the field goal. Um, he was a guy that got that defense going. Uh, he, obviously, you know, Brees Hall had a phenomenal game, uh, rushing over 100 yards today, touchdowns and what have you. But Quentin Williams was my game ball. Uh, and matter of fact, I'm going to give half to Quentin and half to his brother Quincy because he had 14 tackles, led the team in tackles. Uh, between the two of them, they they really brought it today. Oh, he's splitting it up in half. All right, everyone's eating tonight in the Williams household. Uh, who do you, who are you giving it to, Matt? Yeah, I mean, Quinnen's a great answer, but I'm going to go with Brees Hall. I think he was just really set the tone offensively for this Jets team. Ran the ball 20 times, went over 100 yards for the first time in his career, and it's just someone who looks like he's getting better 
week in and week out. The Jets haven't had a dynamic player on the offensive side of the ball and someone like him in a very, very long time. And, you know, he makes life a lot easier for a young quarterback. It, it, we've all kind of said it. It wasn't a great Zach Wilson day, but you were still able to win you know, pretty handedly on the road in Green Bay. And it's because of how well they were able to run the ball. And he really, you know, took took this team on his back and, and willed them offensively. So I have to give him a ton of credit. I was going to give it to Brees Hall too, but because I want to mix it up, my game ball goes to Michael Fleur. I like the creativity in the second half that he showed. And I, you know there was a chip on his shoulder. His brother's over there as a head coach making more guap than he is. His parents are in the crowd watching, and he's there as the little guy, wanting more money, wanting a big, bigger role, and his parents watch him whoop his brother's head coach ass. So his brother <laughs> might be wiping his ass with million-dollar bills, but he's wiping his ass with a W, and I'd rather have that big W I'd rather have the millions probably than the W, but for, for this week, for the Jets, we'll take the W. So I'm giving credit to Michael Fleur because he's got a lot of critique. We, Me and Kaz have given it to him on this podcast, but he deserves a lot of credit for going into Lambeau, switching up the playbook, doing what he did in the second half. You know, state of the Jets, final thoughts. We'll close the show on this. Eric, we'll start with you. Four and two, going to Denver. What are you looking for going to this week? Remember, Denver is coming in on a shorter week. They'll play Monday night, so they'll have one less day of rest. We'll see if Russell Wilson, if he's healthy, you know, he's going to this game banged up. We'll see what they do tomorrow. But what are you looking for going into this Denver game? And what's your state of the Jets right now at forward to Eric? Um, let's say the Jets, I'm optimistic. You know, I, I think that the the sky is the limit for this team. Um, I mean, you look at the way they dominated these last two games and you look at the stat line and there's not a lot of crazy numbers. I mean, Zach Wilson didn't throw for 350 yards. He threw, you know, he threw for just over 100. You know, Brees Hall, yeah, he had 100 yards rushing, uh, but it's nothing crazy, nothing out of the ordinary for this team. And one, once they continue to gain this confidence and continue playing the way they are, uh, the sky's the limit for them. So I'm very optimistic heading into Denver. Um, I, I think, you know, you got a bunch of young guys who are playing hard, who are now confident, who, you know, feel like they can defeat the world. Uh, that's a dangerous combination, and, and this team is very, uh, very dangerous right now. So I'm going to say optimistic heading into Denver. All right, Matt. State of the Jets here, looking into Denver. Do they win this game? Give me your state of the union on Gang Green. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard not to be optimistic. I don't think anyone thought they'd be four and two at the start of the year, but here we are through six games. And now, you know, this Denver team, they're really struggling. They don't look like the team everyone thought they would be. And I think you have a very winnable game here. And if you, you know, go on the road now and win in Denver, which is a tough place to play, whether, you know, if Denver's good or not, it feels like the Jets, you know, tend to struggle playing out there. But you know, I think I look at that game next week, and I think it's very winnable for them. And right now, look, Zach isn't really asked to do a whole lot, which I think is fine for a young quarterback. But he made some big throws when he needed to today, and that run game's played really well, and the defense has gotten better week over week. This pass rush is really going to be the key in that game. And I think if they continue to get home, it'll be a good day for Gang Green. Yeah, my thoughts are this Denver game is winnable, and they may not win it, but you just want to keep competing. And this team has showed us that every week it looks like they're going to compete. No matter what, they're going to be in games, and that's all you can ask for as a Jets fan. Cos predicted four and thirteen. I said seven and ten. This team's four and two. This team, you know, it would be a disgrace if they don't win seven at this point. Like at this point, you're looking at a team that should win somewhere in the seven to ten range, and that's not outlandish to say. Ten might be a little high, but you're looking at eight or nine wins from this team at this point. Going into Denver, it's going to be big. It's, it's hard to react to that because we need to see what happens with Denver Monday. Who comes out healthy? Who's not? 
but it's hard to not be in love with watching this football team. The way they play, it's not always the prettiest. This first half was almost unwatchable, but this defense plays together. They're led by a lot of young players. They play with each other. They play inspired football, and some of that's coaching. Some of that's them. You have an elite cornerback that you drafted, Sauce Gardner. Don't forget, he put the cheese head on his head after the game. I know Alan Lazard and company were not happy with that, but this team has a certain mojo and confidence to this you know, to themselves that they haven't had in the past, you know, a couple of wins, you stack up three in a row. It builds up a different confidence amongst your team. And these guys are feeling it, you know, they're injected with confidence right now. And it's hard not to be thrilled with being a Jets fan four and two going to Denver and then a huge game against the Patriots, whether it's zappy hour or whether it's Mac Jones, whatever it is, the Mac attack or zappy hour, that's going to be a big one. October 30th. We'll be doing a live podcast at house of cute American dream after this. After that game on the 30th, Jets win 27-10 and prove to 4-2. Denver, 4 o'clock against the Broncos next Sunday. We'll preview that game on Thursday's edition of the Gangs All Here podcast. I got to thank Eric Coleman, former Jet safety, at Eric Coleman on Twitter. Catch him on MSG Network's betting exchange and odds with ends. Get that on MSG. Does stuff with the Jets as well. Check out their social media and also Matt O'Leary, Just Jets podcast on YouTube. If you're an Islanders fan, he also does Up the Turnpike. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt O'Leary NY. Matt, Eric, we'll do it again soon. This is It's fun to talk about victories. It's been a while, but uh, appreciate you coming on Gangs All Here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Jake, man. Let's keep this win streak going. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That was 60 minutes at its finest, and I mean that. Y'all absolutely tore him up in the second half. O-line, way to get after the... Defense, defense, Uh, D-line, play after play after play. Special teams, big play, big play. Uh, Michael Clemens. That says goodnight to episode 115 of Gangs All Here, a Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Josh Crawford for helping me produce the show. Thanks to Eric Coleman and Matt O'Leary for co-hosting with me. Unfortunately, Kaz couldn't make it, but great stuff from Matt and Eric. Go check out their work. Go check them out. They do terrific stuff. Man, I could get used to these victory pods. I mean, it makes my life so much easier. After the Mets depression last week, if the Jets could keep winning, Nick season's here, Rangers season here, Giants are winning. Life is good here in the New York sports scene right now. Thanks to your Tri-State Cadillac dealers for presenting this episode to us. Catch up on all episodes you may have missed of Gangs All Here by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Brian Costello will be back for our preview show on Thursday. For Matt O'Leary, Eric Coleman, I'm Jake Brown. We'll return on Thursday to preview that Jets matchup with the Broncos in Denver. Can the Jets win four in a row? Man, this team is fun. Keep rooting them on. Show up on the 30th, and you better come out to our post-game live pod, especially if it's after a win. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Gangs All Here. Happy Victory Monday and J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Do you believe in miracles? Yes.